Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cupid works hard in February and our friends at Manscaped are working hard than ever to ensure your Valentine's Day is one to remember. Don't turn this day of romance into Independence Day. This year, get in control with their Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0. This February, join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code SPURS20 for 20% off and free shipping. Contrary to popular belief, love is not blind when you can't see past the love jungle. The Performance Package 4.0 will leave you more dating app notifications and Cupid has arrows. It's a beautiful bundle, comes equipped with the best tools needed when freshing up for a night on the town. As well as the Lorma 4.0, it also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer to whack all the worst of your weeds. Manscaped even throw in two free gifts, their Shed Travel Bag and Anti-Chafing Boxer Breeze to keep your boys cool and collected. Let's not focus on your southern region this time of year. The Manscaped Refined Cologne is the cherry on the top for the perfect date package. Pepe Le Pew approved. It offers a masculine light scent that will leave your Lady speechless. Manscaped has you covered this Valentine's Day. Get yourself the gift that you and your date will both appreciate. Go to manscaped.com for your exclusive offer, 20% off and free shipping with the code SPURS20. Remember, you can't buy love, but you can buy a clean pair of balls. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of the Spurs Show. Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, I, we've been doing this show 15 years, and, and I don't think we've ever... Well, because we are tonight going to talk about a game that never happened. Uh, so much. Uh, we've had games called off before, but never like this. And I'm still seething. I was so angry, and I'm still angry. And uh, to share my anger, my frustrations, this is like some kind of therapy. Joining us tonight, three stalwarts of the Spurs show now, I, I'm, I'm pleased to say. Firstly, the co-chair of Spurs LGBT+. And also, can I just say, chair chairperson and on so... I don't know where you find time to do any work. Chris Paros is here. Hello, hello. <laughs> don't, don't you get with your partner going, what do you mean you're going out again to do what? 
Or is it all on Zoom now? Most of it's on Zoom, but no, there's right. a lot of running around. There is some work in there, but I don't yeah. work full time. So that's right. how I manage to fit everything else in. But, right. you know, changing the world, you can't do it no. like, in your spare absolutely. time. You've got to like, dedicate a bit of time to it. So You're absolutely right. And also joining us from uh, the head of JW3. If you've never been to JW3 on Finchley Road, you must. Cinema, theatre, great restaurant, great uh, lessons, creche. It, it's all there. Raymond Simonson. How are you, Ray? Uh, I, why, they don't need me. They could just have you, Mike. Well, I know. I, <laughs> streaming as well. Everything is streamed yeah. now as well. It's uh, tremendous. sitting here and we're, I'm in the office. We've got you know, people in the building doing stuff and loads of people online doing stuff. But um, I suppose they'll all have more time on their hands with all these games that keep getting cancelled for no I reason. Just, I was just thinking, why why haven't we done a Spurs show live at your venue yet? Well, there you go. That's the next thing we need to do. We'll do that. We'll, 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 we'll do one. Like, we would love to do that. Let's do it. We'll, we'll do okay. it. It's done. done. You heard it's it done. here, folks. You heard it here first. We're going to do one at JW3. Perfect. And also joining us tonight, uh, a man I've known for many, many years, uh, broadcaster, Comedy writer, no pressure, Paul, to come out. The fun is now. Mr. Paul <laughs> Hawksby is here. Hi, Paul. Hi, Mike. Yeah, it's a bit sobering. I heard you say in the last show that it's 15 mm. years since the podcast started. <laughs> yeah. I did I did the second show. You phoned me up. You said, wow. me, and Paul Corn, me and Phil Cornwall are doing this little kind of Spurs podcast. You fancy coming on? I said, yeah, okay, fine. And it was number two. I met Phil, had a coffee with Phil, and he said, yeah, yeah it was fun. And here we are, 15 that was, years that was later. My old, still that was my old office. After all these years. That was my old office. That must have been Rathbone Place. Uh, it was, off yeah, Charlotte off Street. Just off of Oxford Street. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte Street, yeah. That's right. There Thank we you. are. And yeah, same, same droning on. Well, look, lots to cover. We'll do a show uh, for you at home. There'll be a preview show at the end of the week looking at the Chelsea League game. But so much to talk about. We've got a big game tomorrow against Leicester City. And we're going to look back at the defeat against Chelsea in the League Cup. And the non-game against Arsenal. Uh, before, before we'll talk about Leicester later. But our understanding is we record this uh, the night before. It looks like Paul, the game is on, isn't it? Yeah, that's what Brendan Rodgers seemed to be saying today. They have got a lot of injuries. They've got players at, uh, at the African Cup of Nations. They have got a lot of injured players. Vardy's not going to be fit. They got a bunch out, but they've got a lot of good players. Um, I think James Justin's going to be fit. Madison will be fit. Um, Soyuncu's back. Tielemans, so they got Tielemans, the Tielemans fit. I'm not sure. They've got the core of a good side, yeah. though, you know. Well, you know, it's not like we're going to be turning up and it'll be their kids. It's going to be it's going to be a, a decent side, but they have got a few missing, and it it should be a good opportunity. But then again, we've got a few missing as well. From what Conte was saying today, Bergwijn will be involved tomorrow. But beyond that, no Dyer, yeah. no Dyer, no Romero. It looks like uh, no Sonny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it just just to remind me again. It's the so stop start the season. Leicester very hit and miss the season. Played eighteen, twenty five points. I think we played eighteen. We're on thirty three points. They kind of started very well, then fell away. Maybe because uh, of the injuries. Chris, how, how do you think it's going to go tomorrow? It's one of those we don't normally do very well against them away, do we? They're one of these teams that really hate us and really raise their game against us, don't they? Especially Madison, who's a gooner. I think it harks back to those the cup final in the late 90s. And yeah. There's something about that that still <laughs> sticks in the mind. Yeah. Um, but look, given what, you know, what Paul's just said about the about their lineup, given the fact that we should the team should be seething after Sunday as well, not yeah. just us, the team mm. should be seething after Sunday. I quite enjoyed um Eric Dyer's tweet. I don't yeah. know if you saw it with the meme of like someone counting on their fingers, like, yeah. you know, how many players? 
Um, so you'd hope we'd be able to go and, you know, we'd be able to sort of go and do something. But, you know, you just don't know with us, do you? But we've had a week rest, Raymond. I mean, again, there's always talk about... I know they prepared for the Woodage game, but they've effectively had a week's rest. Conte, looking slightly haggard now, his press conferences. The sparkle has gone. Uh, I watched the press conference today, and, and again, loads of questions about the transfer window, where he basically said, I know it's very difficult in January, but we need to do something to actually say we need yeah. to do something. <laughs> give me give me anyone. Give me Tremori. Give me anyone. I mean, it's extraordinary, isn't it? We're great at blunting the sparkle of someone. They come in, it's first day of school, you're going to make, you know, whatever, everyone's happy, and give them a few weeks, and he's like, oh, my God, where's the get-out clause in the contract? Um now look, this 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 thing about you know we've now got uh, we had a few extra days to prepare. All I want them to have done over those days is to teach <laughs> teach the wing backs how to cross a ball into the box. I don't understand it. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Royale, lovely, lovely looking player. There was a clip that came out before the semi-final. You saw the clip from the training ground where they were just doing crosses after crosses. Well, let's just hope this time. That it works because the last few times we've seen them play, we can't get across in the box. It's unbelievable. I know, and, and, and you know, I know since he hasn't been playing that well, Paul. A lot of people are going, "Oh, Barcelona can't believe how much we we, we paid for them and all that." But he was a player that was kind of pretty well. I mean, he's only twenty-two for God's sake. I mean, Tottenham. We, we love knocking players who are you know young and 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 sort of you know kicking the life out of them. I I, th- I still think he could come good. Or do, do do you think maybe that's not his best position? Possibly. No, I think I think he's a fullback. I think he's getting used to the position. But still, even fullbacks, uh, even playing in a four at the back, are expected to get down the line and put crosses in. And uh, his crosses have been terrible. If you think he had one cross to put in against Chelsea, the byline, he kind of nine lined it over everybody's <laughs> head and it almost <laughs> went out a touch the other. You thought, well, that was well worth a week of, uh, of practice. <laughs> I mean, look, he's much better than what we've got on the other side. And I don't think Regulon's back tomorrow. Oh, really? So if, oh, I thought he might said, be back. Well, oh. that's not for what Conte said today. He said, apart from Bergwijn, nothing's really going to change until uh, the end of the international break. At least it means, hopefully, that... I mean, I'll be... Talk about seething after Saturday. I'll be seething if Romero goes off to Buenos Aires for two weeks. Well, that he will. will be, but well, he will. I mean, well, he's not fit. So, I mean, I'm gonna, I'd like to think... They'll, they'll assess him, and his first game's back after nearly two months. Should be he got injured on an international break. We got to yeah. put our foot down. We're yeah. too soft, honestly, yeah. as a club. Sometimes we got to, you know, we got to start making up injuries like Arsenal. Yeah, if like, we really, yeah. we're, ser- we're serious about it. We can't let him go on international duty. What about the Celso? We'd be delighted to see him go. I don't know. He frustrates me as a player. Again, it's that, I'm, I'm sick yeah. of saying as way we do about Undombele. It looks like that ship has sailed now, but. I'm sick of saying there's a player there because there is. Because as I've said to you on this show before, I watch him feeding balls to Lautaro Martinez and, and Lionel Messi, and he looks like Ericsson. Mm. He puts that chainmail white shirt on, and, and he's just <laughs> pinging balls at chest like in the Chelsea game. I mean, he was just firing balls. It was like a training ground exercise to see if they could control a really bad pass at times. He's just so frustrating. Yeah, it was. Well, look, let, let, let's talk about we'll, we'll talk about the. Uh, Chelsea defeat in a, in a minute. Uh, but let's well, talk know, about... Not, right, one second. Go you on. said that you take anyone in January, right? Pretty pretty much. Yeah, anyone who say, can run. Remember that January transfer window of, of Saha and Nelson? Would you take those? <laughs> two? 
Uh, yeah, I'd take them now. I'd actually take those two Would players you? now. Yeah. yeah. It's a backup striker. <laughs> it's an actual backup striker. You know, fairness, that's when we were, we thought as fans we were going for the league. Yeah. Uh, we're not going for the league now. Uh, I mean, there was a, there was a moment. I'm gonna, I, 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 actually, I'll save that until we talk about the Chelsea game. So anyway, on Sunday, obviously, it, well, it was announced Saturday, 2 p.m., uh, Chris, the news broke that well, Arsenal had requested the game to be called off on the Friday. I'd love to know what happens with these Premier League committees, how it works, that, that it's not all, you know, I know. You know what? I know how it works. There's a committee and they go, oh, we need to assess that. And someone will go, oh, Dave's out shopping now. Excuse me? Dave, he's not around. He can't do the Zoom now. Dave's <laughs> out Dave's out with the wife shopping. Really? What about Chris? Nah, he can't do It's literally probably that. And then it's, oh, I'll be back. I'll be back at one o'clock. I'll do it on my phone, Zoom on the phone. And they sit around. Someone's got to get the cakes, get the biscuits. I know. <laughs> talking till we got the biscuits and when you look at the wording for the rule the, the wording for the rule from and again i'm paraphrasing here is you only need one covid illness to then go forward and go we've got a covid illness and other stuff and this other stuff clearly the the players african nations i mean we know as spurs fans every time there's a world tournament whether it's Sun, whether it, Dembele, various players over the years, they all go. I th- they all just, just go. We go, go! You know what? We're driving to the airport. You know, whatever. And and we always we always go through this. And yet they've got these players. I think it's four players on the African nations. They had that idiot uh, Jacker who, who, was, uh, who was suspended. They sent two players out on loan as well. And actually, I read today, another, another, two players have gone out loan. There's this ridiculous Premier League rule that although loads of under-23s and under-21s are professional players, Arsenal have 81 professional players at the club. There's a rule if they haven't played, you have a rule with the Premier League squad. Um, therefore, you can't, although although Leeds did, uh, have the kids on the bench. It, it's an absolute farce. And and the thing I think, so I'm, I'm rambling here, I know, the, the thing that really upset me the most is that we've been here before with this club. We've, we've got previous with them cheating, uh, bending the rules. And that's what really kind of stuck in the claw, I think, Chris. But Mike, how do you feel about it? <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> come no, on. You're absolutely right. I mean, like for the previous, one thing I didn't know, I mean, we could talk about the etymology of uh, sick as a parrot in a minute. Yeah, I didn't realise that our very first game against them in 1887, Mm -hmm. I only found this out today, very first game against them in 1887, the Royal Arsenal, as they were then called, uh, we were playing them on Tottenham Marshes. They turned up late and because they turned up late, it got too dark. So at 75 minutes when it was 2-1, they abandoned the game and we had to play it again. That's right. And they were losing the That's very right. first game. From the very it. first game. And I actually, know. You know, someone shows you who they are the first time you meet them. Yeah. That's who they are. Yeah. Same old Arsenal. Exactly. Same old Arsenal. <laughs> Always cheating. And I mean, look, I kind of felt like the. I imagine those rules were first written with good intention around COVID, yeah. right? And they were probably written on the hoof because hmm. things are changing. Remember, you know, things were changing all the time. Yeah. But you can see that now that the system is being gamed and so you have to stop. But then, you know, I think not to be too political, when you think you've got a, we've got a government that's doing what they can to game the system and is going to use a get out clause to do something. 
Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't Arsenal? And when you're well, they're allowed to do it. This is it. The rules state they could do it. Don't get me wrong. Well, what should have happened? I'll, I'll bring Raymond in now. What should have happened was within seconds the Premier League should have said because they don't really explain it. Again, we're the fans of the last to know. Mm. We've looked at the request and and it's been denied, uh, and that that's it. But they didn't. And they allowed it. And it's really set a bad precedent. I know there was a precedent before with a Burnley game. Don't get me wrong. And all these gooners coming on social media. Tottenham. No, we didn't. even the Leicester game that was called off wasn't us. We asked for the last the, the game we played tomorrow to be called off. We were denied. And then Leicester asked for it to call it off. And it was accepted. It, it's, I mean, to, to, to cancel a game virtually 24 hours. I mean, again, fans from all around the world flying in. No, no word of we'll compensate and all that. You know, I've you know, Raymond. I like you. I've got young kids, and my daughter is so looking forward to the game. The the the, the replay game will be, I assume, a, a midweek night game. There's going to be there's going to be a, a two week period in May where we're playing every day. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. suddenly suddenly Europa will say, actually, we'll reinstate you into that Mickey Mouse Europe Cup. You've got to play that game. Oh look, the whole thing. It is, it's out, of course we're all extra angry because it's the Woolwich, all right, and because they're cheats, and because as Chris has just taught us all, they've been doing it since day the one. First right? But actually, mm. even if you try and be objective, which we can't be, it's the inconsistency that's really wound up everyone I know, even non non Woolwich fan, non Spurs fans. It is it's the inconsistency that some games are getting postponed and some games are not, and you get this impression as a group of people who don't really know how to make decisions now. I run an organisation where every day we're having to deal with COVID. We have done for two years. We've got staff going off left, right and centre. We've got a nursery where sometimes there's not enough staff. And we've got Like, that's what you have to do at the moment. And at the moment, one thing that we as fans need after having that whole period, thankfully it was the Mourinho years and I was quite pleased to miss some of those games, but we had all that time where we were all stuck at home. Now where there's opportunities to be getting out, and in watching your team and having a bit of pleasure sometimes to make those decisions last minute, to deny people that opportunity and to do it so inconsistently. And like you said, Leeds showed how to be proper, a proper football team, right? I haven't got a lot of good to say about Leeds, but then playing that game, especially as they turned over uh, the hammers, that shows they did. Arsenal with one player and a couple of people with a, you know, a limp and a, and a cough mm. and suddenly they get it called off and it's outrageous. And the irony is, Paul, that uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. It's looking like the game, their big game against Liverpool in the League Cup second leg will go ahead. So miraculously, in a matter of a couple of days, with two more players being sent on loan. Oh, we found 13 players. Oh, yeah, we found someone just behind the sofa. Yeah, there's a couple there. We found them. I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? Which, again, and let's face it, we all knew that game would go ahead. Yeah. Look, it, it set a dangerous precedent calling this game off. We we spoke to Miguel Delaney yesterday from the from the eye, and he'd obviously done a little bit of digging, and he was able to find out effectively the criteria that the Premier League allowed them to call this off. And it was the fact that they did have one COVID case, but the argument they put forward was because of previous COVID cases, they had to repeatedly play players that were now in the red zone and and risking injury. So wow. that's what they went with. They took wow. on board that Arsenal had six or seven players that were at the point where they were going to get injuries, potentially serious muscle, in, muscle injuries. They had a duty of care, they said, uh, the Premier League, to make sure that didn't happen to those players. What were that and the players at the African Cup of Nations? That was enough for the Premier League to say, 
okay. The problem is that everybody can do that. And I know what Chris means, it has to stop, but it won't stop this season because why should it? Because ultimately, it's not the Premier League. The Premier League is a private members club. So it's the clubs. The clubs decided on these rules. They have been stretched to the point of no return and they have now they have now become a farce. But ultimately, there might come a point when we want to do an Arsenal. There might come a point where Liverpool, Chelsea or Man City want to do an Arsenal and say, well... You did it for them. You have to do it for us. So I think those rules are in place for the season. But, they I mean, it does feel like, though, a bit of really shabby opportunism. And I'm not sure in the old days. I mean, Arsenal is a very different club now, but there was a period. Remember, it was old school time, wasn't it? You know, Would they have done this when Lord and Lady Fuckwood were on the board? Or the Digby Chicken Caesar? When you have those... <laughs> These are people who would have gone out and played themselves. 70-year-old Lady Butwood would have gone out and played right wing rather than call off a game, especially against us. But they're a different club. It was, it, say, it just felt a little bit shabby. They've pushed the envelope. But it's it's not the last we're going to see of it. I don't no, know. I mean, in fact, they're a different club, but they've always been crooked. Uh, uh, okay, <laughs> I'll mention Henry Nodd. your Nos. celebrity fans... Are Osama bin Laden, Piers Morgan, and Pretty Patel. Exactly. That's all you need to know. That's all. that's the holy trinity. <laughs> Absolutely, that says all you need Why to know. Why couldn't those three have played? There you go. That's Reason a decent. That's a decent. For, well, one of them couldn't, obviously. Club yeah. three, but yeah. No, you're absolutely <laughs> right. And, 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 you know, again, you go back to uh, Henry Norris moving to North London in 1913, oh. bribing their way into the first division, the only team in the top flight <laughs> who never actually got promoted to get there in 1919. You mentioned the top of the show, Chris, Lasagna Gate. I know for a fact, because that was the, when we were at Upton Park, it was the last game at Highbury. So David Dean was there with the big weeks of the Premier League to farewell to Highbury. And I know for a fact, when the call got through, he was like, you can't call this off, you can't call this off, we're going for top four and all that, blah, 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 blah. So there's a long, long history of them And that them day, I cheating. was at Upton Park that day, yeah. and honestly, Michael Carrick came on in the second half, and he was green, we were, you know, we could see him, he was green, and he yeah. had he vomed, and then he went mm. on. Mm. He actually puked on the side of the pitch. Yeah, yeah. I've been yeah, yeah. for that. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've been sick many times at Upton Park. If you, if you try to pies, <laughs> horrible. Well, look, I mean, I could go on about my my rational hatred for Arsenal, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I won't. We, we'll move on. Let's go to a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to look back at uh, not a particularly good performance against Chelsea. Back in two ticks. And we're back for the break. Don't forget, you can get premium content, including a daily Spurs show. Uh, it's a daily news show, ex-player interviews, original documentary series on Spurs. Go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. It's like 50p a week or something. Uh, Spurs show season holders. Uh, next week, we were due to have uh, David Pleat with us. Unfortunately, David had a, a very minor op. Uh, last week, uh, which means he, he he's a little bit immobile. So uh, for those of you who were going to join us next week for the evening with David Pleat, that's now been moved to February twenty uh, second. Uh, I did a ring around. Um, I Tramazani couldn't do it. Milinko Simovic was busy. 
Uh, Andy Booth wasn't around. I've got Martin Chivers. Big Chiv is back. And Chiv is going to be going. We're going to do a slightly new format uh, the live show next week. He's going to be telling us his greatest Spurs eleven, And I've seen it and there's some surprising ones in there. So we're going to do a slightly different show with Martin next week. You can be there. Go to season.spurshow.net. I think it's 10 a month, which gets two of you in every month, a fiver each. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. You've been to those nights, Paul. They're lovely, little intimate, uh, snug on Great Portland Street. We can already have a bit of dinner afterwards. Very civilised, because Tottenham fans are civilised. <laughs> but pretty much most of them. Some are, some are utter scum, but there yeah. we go. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm joking. Mark, I'm just wondering, amongst, yeah. amongst Martin Chivers' surprise players, I'm really hoping it's Timothea Tuba. How did you know? Tim is there. Yeah. He's on everyone's top 11. He is. He is. He is. Well, look, let's look back. I mean, it does feel ages ago. And um, uh, Chelsea at the lane, uh, we lost 1-0. Chris, were you, like me, utterly shocked when you saw the, the lineup that Antonio picked? I was. And actually, I don't really speak Italian, but the yeah. translation I had of Galini and goal is... This is what's going to happen if you don't give Hugo a proper contract. Yeah, whatever Italian is, I'll for fuck it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and not to be a sort of a Pollyanna about it, but there was another way of looking at that game. If Galini hadn't made that mistake, we gifted them three goals over two games, right? Yeah, we did. Galini hadn't made that mistake. Actually, in that game, if you look at the stats, which I know don't always tell the story, we had the same amount of shots on goal as them. We had the ball in the net. If it were another round of the game, we would have had two penalties, et cetera, et cetera. So, mm. you know, but they are better than us. Yeah, they are. But, I mean, if, if there wasn't VAR in the League Cup, then yes. we had three VAR decisions, although they were all correct. Yes. Although the Harry yeah. Kane one at the end, I thought was really borderline. Uh, we would have got three goals. Raymond, it's it's very frustrating. Uh, look, as Chris said, they are a much better team than us. Galini uh, made the error. Uh, the passing to Harry Kane. I've never felt so sorry for Harry Kane than that match. There was one moment when he was in and Harry Winks overhit this pass on the ground. And I just, it was, it was tough to watch really, wasn't it? It was the, the, the whole thing, you know, it was, it was freezing cold. You know, we'd all kind of rushed there from work. I actually, I got my car, I came back to find my car scraped. You oh, know, really? after the game, oh, it dear. felt like, you know, that's par for the course. You know, the whole the whole thing was we went there without any hope, I think, really. No one really, except we're Spurs fans. So we went there. Come on. We all went early goal, early goal can make it interesting. Let's face it, we all did. We literally all said, we said that line. I remember the exact same line that I said whilst I was in that stadium in Madrid Mm. on that particular date, where I'd literally just turned to the person who said to me and said, We've got to do nothing stupid in the early. Oh shit! Um, <laughs> that was, that, those are my words in Spain. Um, and last, and, and it was the same. We said we've got to do nothing silly. Don't give away any silly goal. If we get that first goal, we start we start giving ourselves hope. Oh, and no. then and then you know during the game we're all laughing at each other. Going, have we not learned anything? We were invoking the spirit of two thousand of the two thousand and two semi final that you yeah. saw on the last show. We're going well five one. It could be another five one. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It was awful. Oh, no. and the Paul, passing was terrible. Paul, there's a bit. There is a big gulf, and obviously you can see Antonio. Um, talks about it many, many times. Um, 
look, they've got more money than us. They spend more money than us. But it's, it's a big gulf there that needs to be kind of uh, narrowed somehow. Yeah. I, I take Chris's point about the stats, and she's right. You know, we did have chances, but I think the longer... If that chance had gone in just at the far post when Kane attacked the far post with their header on, was it uh, Sanchez? Had that gone in at that point, I think it could have been different. But I just think the longer it went on, Chelsea just had a cigar on. And that's why we got chances, because... They lacked intensity. They knew they'd gotten the job done, and that meant that they eased off and we got opportunities. The frustration was, I mean, it was it, it was the golfing class. They were basically playing two-touch all night. First touch control, second touch pass to a blue shirt. We had our two-touch was first touch miscontrol, second touch tackle. I mean, how often did we see that? Four first yeah. touches, hurried into mistakes. They didn't have to play at their best to beat us. That was the frustration. Galini, that was a mad, mad decision. Um, mm. Apparently, I didn't realise the other day, he'd spent a little time at Villa and he, he was rubbish there. I, mean, I didn't know that. You have to kind of, you have to look at Paratnici and, I mean, his two signings effectively so far um, are, are Emerson Royal, and he is very young. But Galini's not the answer, is he? I mean, we're all looking at him and thinking, he's not going to be our backer. He can't be a number one. If Hugo doesn't stay, he's not the goalkeeper. So, yeah. They're not, you know, I don't quite see the appeal. And it was a mad decision. In the, in, in, against Morecambe, I went to the Morecambe game, and Morecambe, he stood on his line and did nothing. So he decides in the Chelsea game, I'm flying out and get nowhere mm. near it. And Doherty yeah. had left wing back. It reminds me, there was a little period with Ronnie Rosenthal when at Tottenham. And it was like he'd won a competition in the Weekly Herald to play for Spurs. Like at the end, he'd have a picture saying, yeah. thanks to everybody, I've had a great day. Mm. Doherty reminds me of that. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's any better at right wing back. I can't mm. believe it's the same bloke that I saw play at Wolves. It's it's staggering, really, just how much he's regressed. But as we were saying earlier on about Conte, you put those Tottenham diving boots, you put that chain mail shirt on, and everybody gets dragged down to our level. Ronnie Rosenthal <laughs> used to play like he was playing with a sort of balloon some string, wasn't yeah. it? The way the Don't, chain, chase, don't chase in the balloon. Yeah, it yeah. Used to be Didier <laughs> was the archetype yeah. of that, of course. It's yeah. fantastic. But that was the frustration in that, they didn't really have to be at their best to get the job done. And we are better than that. We did have big players missing. But, I mean, it was a message to the balls, whether they listened to it. Certainly looking at the speed at which they're lining up transfers in January. And as you said, he's basically said today, just get me a body. I don't mm. care who it is. Just, just get, me, get me some more numbers. Well, it's 13 days now gone, Chris. Let's talk about the transfer window. We all know something had to be done. Uh, meanwhile, Dylan Markenday, young promising striker for the academy, uh, has gone to Blackburn. Uh, surprised many people um, because m- my feeling with the academy is a lot of players, despite Skip coming through and Kane and Winks, clearly there's a lot of academy players that don't think they can push through to the first team, while there have been players that have done it. So to me, I think there's some issue with the communication within the academy and the, the the coaches above them. Clearly, no one has sat them down to go, this is how you're going to get to the first day. I think he came on for Europa Conference League. But, you know, there's got to be a reason why you leave London to go to Blackburn, of all places. <laughs> um, there's got to be, I think, better communication to keep these players. And, and I think, I don't know what it's financially. Someone yeah. told me a few years ago that... The way academies work, especially at Tottenham, if they got one player a year or two years coming through, it kind of pays for the cost of the whole academy. Uh, but I think, you know, 
Kane skip and winks in recent years, I still think is is not a great return. And by by all accounts, he it's he forced the move because right. he wanted to play, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it is a shame because actually he's really been, you know, he's won the Premier League two player of the month a couple of times. He's, you know, been prolific in his goal scoring. And I know, like, from, you know, several of our our members who are British Asians, he means mm-hmm. a lot to them as well. Yeah. And actually having a British, a local British Asian, you know, it's from Barnet, mm. right? Yeah. And actually means something. And so I think that's just, it is a shame, but I can also see how, why he wants to play. But I think it's probably around some managerial change as well, because I think you saw a bit of movement under Mourinho, that Mourinho rated him and he was actually training more with the first team, etc. And then it went away again um, under Nuno. And then I guess he hasn't come back with Conte and he's thinking, okay, I'm t- however old he is, 20, 21 now, that actually it's time to to actually go and, and uh, you know, Blackburn, it, you know, I've been to Blackburn, mm. but um, <laughs> they might, you know, they're in a good position. That is quite the endorsement. I've been to Blackburn. You're going to have to work for the Blackburn Tourist Paul. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he might. They might actually come up next season. He might be a Premier League player, and he might be doing the things yeah. that, that we'd want him to do. And I, I just think it's a, bit, it's a bit daft, just because we clearly need a backup striker. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think he went for much money. I think it's undisclosed, but I heard it's not much yeah. as well. Which again yeah. is a little bit, little bit annoying. But like, but like Chris said, he doesn't. He wanted to go. Him and his agent decided yeah. that he wants to play games, so he mm. wants to go. We've got a buyback clause. We've got a big sell-on clause, and it's the norm. It happens, you know. Even happened with Jaden Sancho at City. It happens. It happens to a lot of players. They want to play football, and they won't sign a new contract. So there's not much Tottenham can do. All they can do is sort of load the back end of it, make sure they can potentially mm. get the player back get the first refusal and get a decent sell-on clause. So it's a it's a fact of life. Raymond, there's there's obviously a frustration so far. Paul's mentioned there, Paratici, the players brought in. You know, you assume that before the transfer window actually opens, there's a big thing about, oh, he's always on his phone. Oh, isn't he great? Oh, he never stops. <laughs> well, who's he talking to? Because it's, you know, he's meant to have this amazing network. We assume from where he's been, we assume he's got a decent network with young Italian players, let's say. And yet so far, uh, all I hear in all the papers, we're still trying to get a deal over the line for Traore. I have heard from someone there's a couple of deals that they're trying to do. But it's all but deja vu, isn't it? We've kind of been here before again, haven't we? Yeah. And we could see we could see the, our new coach sort of twitching like Herbert Lom in the Pink Panther movies. It's all <laughs> going a bit that way, isn't it? It's, um, look, it's, it's yet another thing that could be defined as Spursy. Right? Mm. That, that look, I've got a teenage son who spends most of his time on the phone. I don't think he's bringing in Pablo Tabala <laughs> to, to my home. So I think look, I never have any hope for the January transfer window. We we re- when like how many great signings have we ever made? Van der Vaart, that's it. Right, that's it. Yeah. And Levy will just throw at you, Van der Vaart. Right, and it stands out not mm. just because he was great, but because it was so different from all of those other yeah. signings. And actually, most clubs don't. And you talk about someone like you know Mark and Day, and yeah, I'm gutted. I can't really say I knew him well enough to say oh, that's a massive loss. And how many 
how many players over over the years have been young? We see a little glimpse, we like them, and we kind of forget about them. Harry Kane really is a very different one. How he was out on loan, you know, Millwall, Orion, Norwich, Leicester. That's quite a rare thing for a player. How many top top Premier League players bided their time like that? Went out on loan, went out on loan, went out on loan, and then broke through. But because we've had that. It's almost like we now expect we get a glimpse of Divine or White or one of these youngsters and we're going, it's the next one. We've done it before. So I, I, I'm, although I'll be absolutely frustrated at the end of this transfer window when we've pretty much done nothing except brought back um, Ryan Nelson and Louis Sahar again, um, I would rather judge uh, Paratrici on, on the summer. Um, and I know that's painful to wait that long, but that's where the decent... Will the coach still be there if we wait that long? Well, that's... That's that. That is the worry. Not if he's looking like he is. But you've got to just think. Like everyone said, why did he come? If he must have been told, he must have been given some kind of hope, some kind of promise. But, we just hope it's not the same gentleman's agreement that Levy came. But this is it. But Roman, the problem is he might have been offered that, and I'm sure they sat down and said, "We'll obviously try and get players in in January." But you know, when these these meetings, yeah. they sit down and go. We, we just can't get it over the line. We tried so-and-so, but the agent wants honest, this and that and that. And you just come out with some excuse whereby we really tried. We but really tried, Antonio. We really tried to get them in, but they wanted more money and there, there could be a slight injury issue there. And, uh, and it's just it's just so frustrating because we all see, look where we are in the league. We've got, if we win our games in hand, we go third. Yeah. Crazy, I know, but yeah. it's possible. And a bit like going back to the Nelson Sahar days, all it needs now Give it a go. Give it a gamble. Why don't we go for Coutinho? You know, here's a player that we wanted for a while. It's a loan deal. I don't know what his wages are. I've no idea. But just go, yeah, we'll do that for the end of the season. Just to boost the players of the training ground. All the Villa players were going, he's giving us a real boost of the training ground. We could have had that boost. There, there were, it was reported in a few places that we that we did go, we did look at Coutinho. Why right. did he go to Villa? He didn't go there because he wants to live in Birmingham. He didn't go there because they're... We're really slagging off... Uh, no, Northern no, no. towns, yeah. Birmingham, Blackburn, <laughs> London centric. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Birmingham's in the West Midlands, Mike. It's not yeah. northern. It is. It is. It is. It is. It's, 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 it's north of Watford. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love, I love, I love even Birmingham. Um, no, no. I'm just that—that that wasn't the draw to leave. You know, to leave Barcelona. It wasn't. That wasn't the draw, right? Mm. The draw was the manager. The draw was. To go, to, go, to go with Gerard. So I, I, I would say that, you know, maybe we didn't have a chance unless we threw ridiculous money at it. And we're not very good at that. And we know that. But you have to say, on paper, there's a bunch of players in recent years that on paper looked fantastic when we bought them. The problem is, as is famously said, we play on grass and not on paper. Mm. So when we bought Ndombele, come on, we were all going, look how much we play. Clubs around the world wanted him. But he's been absolutely shocking. Lo Celso. Like, like Paul said before, every time he plays for Argentina, he's man of the bloody match. And Messi talks about how he loves playing with, you know, with him. He's won the Copa de America. He's he's this great player, and he can't play for us. So we, I'm not saying that when we go out there and we go and sign some players, that I'm automatically assuming that that takes us on the next level. Our problem is not buying the right players for Spurs. Paul, do you think do you think some business will get done, or do you think it'll be another transfer window where we can't actually get anything over the line? No, I think I think they'll get two in, maybe three. Mm. I mean, the annoying thing about it is the timeline. Once again, we find ourselves in a situation where we're writing January off. We know we're going to do practically all of our business on the last day of January. 
that's when they're going to come in. But look at Villa. They brought Coutinho in now. They've got two or three games in January. They can get the best out of him and Luca Dina. So there's two players they brought in, assimilate into the side. They hit the ground running. I mean, we're looking at Adama Traore. They want to sell him. Uh, we want to buy him or loan him. And that's, you know, their buy hangs a tail. They've signed a lad from Estoril for three million quid, who's basically a guy called Chiquinho, who's basically a, a replacement for Traore. So everybody knows what's going on. But still, we've turned around and said, okay, we don't want to spend 20 million. It, it's, it's, a, it's a loan with a view to buying. So that slows the whole process up. So we find ourselves in that situation with a player that we probably know we're all going to end up with on the last day of January that we're going to end up signing. Now, the interesting thing is last night, Vlajevic, the player that we've been linked with, plays for Fiorentina, the striker. And a lot of people have said there's no way he's going to go anywhere in January. He played for Fiorentina, I think, last night and ended the game almost in tears, waving at all the crowd, going up to the old right. arms in the air. Now, the goons have all got very excited because they think they're in the box seat to get him. I'm not so sure. You know, I think I think Conte is quite a poor playing with Conte. So, Apparently, know, 70, would... 70 million. Uh, Harry Kane may or may not stay at Tottenham or, or whatever. Certainly needs someone to play up front with him and, and, and whatever. This guy will get game time. Well, if we got Vlajevic and Kane up front together, I think we, I've, you put your house on top four. The guy scores a lot of goals. Those two together would be ridiculous. It would be the sort of thing that City or Liverpool and teams like that do. Real quality. So I've, 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 that's the long shot. I would imagine the most likely thing is Triore and someone we've never heard of. Hopefully not an equivalent of Jensen Fernandes. There's, uh, there's a player at Peterborough we've been linked with. And we're now really? being linked with the guy, the Knott's Forest uh, wing-back, who's on loan from yeah. Middlesbrough, uh, who had one good game against Arsenal uh, in the Cup. We've been linked with him as well today. What are we going to complain about if we sign Vlavic? I know, it's, oh, I know, it's, it's going to be annoying. We'll it's going to be far we'll too I'll, positive. I'll find something. Yeah, Don't we'll worry. I'll find <laughs> something. We do. You see the prices now? You see the prices now and the concessions for yeah. the food? Oh, don't yeah. I'll find something. <laughs> That'd be something. Look, we're running out of time here, guys. Um, let's just very, very quickly give predictions, score predictions for Leicester tomorrow night. Chris, give us a score prediction. 2-0 Tottenham. Oh, beautiful. Oh, that would be lovely. Raymond? 2-1 Tottenham. I have to go two, for a one, win. 2-1 Tottenham. Paul? I was going to say the same thing. I'll go 1-0. I think we'll, I think we'll find it'll be quite a tight game. They'll be a bit disjointed. We won't have our full team out. But uh, I, I just think we'll nick it 1-0. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Oh, Sorry to say. Don't just say us just, just not showing up. I, I know. I know. I know. I apologise. <laughs> right, well, look, that's it for now. We'll be back at the end of the week previewing uh, Chelsea. Chris, thank you so much. See you Friday. Paul, see you Friday. Raymond, see you Friday. Until next time. Hey, If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.